I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Today, my guest is Rada of Sewing Through Fog. She created her business in 2021 and has become pretty prolific on Instagram and through her website. She is an artist with her textiles and comes from the fashion world. So let's dive in. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm very excited. So this is good. Yeah, awesome. I, it was so funny and I'll just share this because it's the weirdest thing, but I feel like it's kind of how my life has been for the last year and a half is that I've been trying to like write stuff down more and I've been trying to, to kind of get things on paper and say like, this is what I want to do this year. And these are things that I think would be fun. And I literally over the weekend wrote down, it would be really cool to be on a podcast and talk about quilting. I am not kidding. I wrote <laughs> that down. And that's why like, <clears throat> when you, I have me, I'm like, wait a second. Is this real? It was, it was so strange. It was so strange. So, and I'm not, I'm not like a giant, well, maybe I am like a big, like the universe is, I am, that's so kind I'm of, here for it. <laughs> okay. That's, that's how, how things have kind of been, been going. And so that was just such a strange, strange moment, but that's awesome. And I was like, I, I don't even know. I think Instagram just suggested you to me. And so I was like, she looks fun. And <laughs> I just started following you and I was like, oh my gosh, I just fell in love with your stuff. And I like your comment of like being medium silly because I am a very <laughs> silly person. So I just was like, that was fun. I don't know. I don't know if that is a hundred percent accurate because the probably people would say that I'm very silly. <laughs> I like try to tone it down a little bit. I don't know. I just yeah. like I kind of feel like like what we were saying like life is life is fucking tough and it's I try I'm I'm a very passionate and serious person about the things I care about so I Mm kind of have to like at the same time balance that Mm -hmm. by just being like not taking myself too seriously and just kind of and how can you not be silly on like social media right I know it's like you have to be (laughs) yeah yeah you got to be entertaining and I think it's you know for those of us who are silly it's kind of a a fun little outlet because it's like oh I can bring my weirdness to this platform and other weirdos are going to find me and it's going to be awesome (laughs) I totally agree I think that's like sometimes I get it when people complain about having to make reels or having to do all that stuff and I'm like for me it's like it's a, if you can't beat them, join them thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to do it the way people tell you to. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and have fun with it because yeah, I mean, like, why not? Exactly. Well, so let's rewind a tiny bit and how, yeah. tell me all the things. Um, but mostly how did you get started in textiles and sewing and all that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, gosh, textiles, I was thinking back on this um, today and textiles have been a part of my life since like I was born. And even like, so my great grandma 
came over from Russia in around like 1910 through Ellis Island um, and worked as a seamstress in New York. Very kind of like stereotypical Jewish. That's kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, but that like the just sewing and really being like a craftsman when it comes to, to textiles was something that was just passed down. And my mom taught me to sew when I was really little. I like can't remember not trying to make my own Halloween costumes and making like dresses for my dolls and stuff. And I just, it was just something that was kind of part of me. And I had like a lot of textiles around me. Um, I had kind of a unusual childhood where I grew up on um, a Hindu commune in Whoa. Northern California. Yeah. And so like my mom would wear, if you think of like, um, traditional Indian dresses like saris and stuff so mm -hmm. I have this giant fabric library and half of it is these silk and cotton like saris from my childhood so mm. it's just like there are these things that I remember from different parts of my life and a lot of them tie back to fabric Whoa. and it was like so I went uh, for college I studied costume design because I was like well you know I didn't I didn't want to, it's, it's funny too, I never wanted to be an artist or a designer, or I never saw myself that way. I always saw myself as more of like a business or like a thinking type of person or someone that would like help other artists. Sure. And like costume design was, a lot of it was like research and a lot of it was understanding the history of textiles, which is just fascinating and how people dress and why. Um, but I also knew that I didn't really want to do that. It was just, it was one of these things that like, it was great to study. Um, then I moved into, I, for a while was a fashion writer. So again, kind of like not a designer, but like yeah. related to it a little bit. Um, but living in San Francisco Bay area, it's like one of these things where I had to decide, do I want to be able to live here and, and pay rent and, you know, be able to like go to a restaurant and eat and stuff, or do I want to do a creative venture? And it sucks so much that like, that's a decision that so many people have to make. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't mean getting ahead of myself, but like nothing would make me happier than like, if being a quilter was like a career that kids knew about and was right, like yeah. something that you would have like health benefits and you could actually do but yeah like I was always just raised to be well be responsible you know be able to provide for yourself mm -hmm. um and so like I ended up um going in into corporate um once I had I'd moved to, back to San Francisco and still kind of related <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to work for Levi's so I was like oh an apparel company but like and this would make anybody who's ever worked in corporate apparel laugh mm. but like I was so naive because I thought oh it's an apparel company probably everybody knows how to sew and it was like mm. uh no that's not how it works <laughs> it's like everybody has like a business background oh. um but like I I was there for 15 years which I never, never intended to be like, not like, I love the company. I love what I was doing, mm -hmm. but it was just that like 
the corporate environment, I think there's just, I happen to be kind of obsessed with like personality tests and stuff like mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs and all those things. Yeah, and sure. I think like <clears throat> the first time I read what mine was, one of the first things it said was maybe not great in a corporate <laughs> environment. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I think I knew that, but uh, you know, are you going to pay my rent? Um, right, yeah. But I've just always been a very like honest, straightforward, like cut to the chase, no BS person. And I'm also like, I just don't like, um, I like being fair and I like mm -hmm. being logical and like mm -hmm. the whole idea of politics of like corporate politics and all of that stuff was just like never from day one never sat with me even though I mean from a from an amount of corporate or stringent rules Levi's is probably one of the most relaxed like corporations but still it was just it's kind so of the, the yeah but I learned, I mean, so thinking about kind of my relationship with textiles, I mean, growing up was about working with my hands. And, and when I was in college, it was about like learning about, you know, what a dress from like 1876, how you would make the bodice and all of this stuff that was so like tactical. And so, um, yeah, just, just like working with your hands. And then going into corporate was learning about kind of like the impact of textiles on like a global scale okay. which I have to say was really got tough after mm -hmm. a while and like because even though like so denim specifically apparel mm -hmm. in general I'd never know all the right numbers, but I think it's like the number three most environmentally harmful industry in yeah. the globe. And denim is really tough in that. And Levi's is at the absolute forefront from a sustainability standpoint, also like from how they treat their workers and like the rules they have, but it's still apparel. And right. that's where it's like, you can say, well, we're we're better than that or we're we're not doing that but it's still at the end of the day like the amount of waste and yeah just kind of excess all of that creates like got really really hard mm -hmm. I think for me to stomach and again being someone who I put like 150% of myself into everything. I mean, yeah. it's just talking about this with my therapist who's been very helpful, but like, <laughs> she's like, you're not someone that can just kind of do something half-assed. And that's like the understatement of the century. So yeah. I put my blood, sweat, and tears and everything into my job. Yeah. And then when first off, when your job is working for a corporation that's for profit and, you know, it, it's just kind of, I think this is how a lot of people, I would say, especially women, and this is just my experience has been um, certain, certain personality types are better 
can can exist better in the corporate world if you can be a little bit more selfish a little bit more looking out for yourself asking mm -hmm. for what you need all these things that are fairly normal things but I think a, I've a lot of women maybe have a little bit of a harder time because of how they are raised or just societal pressure kind of doing these things and I would for sure get um I was always seen as someone that was maybe a little a little too vocal a little too honest mm -hmm. where I think maybe if I'd been a guy it would have been different but um yeah exactly <laughs> I wasn't I'll always say it was on me like I didn't take good enough care of myself I didn't put those boundaries there that I need to and that's why I got severely burnt out mm -hmm. so and burnout is also kind of hard to talk about because it, it, so, I think people start like just throwing it around a lot and you're like but what is it really is it just saying oh well I don't feel like working anymore not really uh -huh. it's like uh. but it's yeah so yeah. like I but I especially during the pandemic, it, mm -hmm. it was really tough. And that's why I ended, ended up leaving. And I had never, so this whole time of growing up with textiles and working in the textile industry and everything, I had never made a quilt. Quilts didn't even like, I don't know. I just, it wasn't like in my, in my atmosphere and, and no one that I was related to quilted that I knew of. Mm -hmm. Um, but my my stepmom had always liked quilting and during the pandemic she started teaching one of my nieces how to sew and that was so cool like I kind of was like observing mm -hmm. and and was teaching her how to quilt and I was like huh that's like oh okay <laughs> and I kid you not like on I think the last day at my corporate job was like a Thursday or something and that Monday I hadn't planned to do it. I just walked into our second bedroom, which was my home office, because of course everybody was working from home. Mm -hmm. And I just put all of my computer, everything in the closet, and I took back out my sewing machine and I set it up into a sewing room. And I just started making a quilt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then like, I just didn't stop. Yeah. And that was like a year and a half ago. Oh my gosh. But part of... Part of the reason why I did that and this is like one of the things I think so interesting because I think a lot about like traditional quilting versus what we consider now modern quilting mm -hmm. I made this first quilt out of only fabrics that were in like in my house in my in my stash and some of them were like two of the fabrics I used were these saris that I had from like the Hindu commune when I was you know almost four years ago yeah. and so it was like I almost felt like whoa I'm I'm like going back to when quilting was like take a shirt take yeah. a thing and like almost build a story from these things and that's where I was like I think I was like holy crap quilting where have you been all my life it's like it's it's textiles it's art it's art with fabric yeah. And like that just kind of like blew my mind a little bit because I still, I love, I love apparel. I love fashion. I love like trend and understanding all of that. Mm -hmm. But there's so many, there's so many rules 
better because like well it has to fit someone and it has to sit a certain way right and to me and I know probably a lot of people I may say things that lots of people don't agree with but like for me there don't have to be any rules in quilting because you're just making this this piece of art out of fabric Mm -hmm. and it was like so freeing yeah and it was just like yeah it was I'm still it's I still like when I talk about it a year and a half later I'm like so blown away by the fact that I found this and then the fact that I get to do it every day now yeah and like my the idea of having a business I still was like what you can't do that that's not a thing (laughs) yeah but it kind of as I was saying earlier about like the universe Mm -hmm. like things just kept pushing me in that direction and it just felt easy Mm -hmm. like I would make something and it would work and I kept meeting all of like these great people on on Instagram and TikTok and I was like you know who meets people on social media that's so strange and I'm such an introvert but like it just felt so right Mm -hmm. where when I thought about going back to corporate and I was looking at the job market it just I just couldn't I couldn't do it yeah and so it kind of I mean I'm still trying to really I'm in this place where I'm really trying to figure out like what my path is and and how I'm going to move forward but like I know you know what I love and what I'm passionate about and what I'm good at and I'm like this is my opportunity to to try to make it into something Mm-hmm. and I'm not you don't get a lot of opportunities and so yeah it just like every day it just brings me joy to know that I, I get the opportunity to do this yeah that's so that's like super inspiring too because I think I mean I came from I not corporate necessarily but being a teacher and it's the same thing it's like very strict rules very strict environments of like how you have to proceed and even though like I'm responsible for all these things I have to do it a certain way and all this stuff it just feels very like very restricting and that burnout man it's it's real and it is so hard to get out of it and stay in the job where you that you're burnt out from yeah I I don't know that it's possible yeah I don't I don't think it is and I I actually tell you I'm not a big like risk taker or a big like I never thought I would be an entrepreneur or whatever but like I wasn't it was even it was almost impossible for me to leave even though I knew because I still again I I loved so much of what I did and right so much of it was rewarding but another big thing was this like the expectations that are placed on you and what you think like success looks like mm-hmm. and it's hard to, to 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 know what you want to do and are passionate about but almost feel like you're not allowed because it's not responsible or right people are going to judge you mm-hmm. and and 
still to this day, oh my gosh, if I run into someone that yeah. I used to work with and I have to even begin to try to explain to them like what I'm doing, I just see this like horror yeah. kind of go across their face. And some people not like the designers I used to work with are like, oh my God, that's amazing. I wish I could do that all day. Yeah. But it's still, I just, I still feel like there's like a lot of judgment too. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that would be the same for any, I mean, I think being a teacher is such like a respected career and something that you have to put work into. And it means something if you're a teacher. And I almost feel like the assumptions I think that people have around either artists mm-hmm. or I hate to say like crafters, like that's right. such a terrible word sometimes yeah. and how kind of people look at it and mm-hmm. I do think that was also what was made like the transition harder was mm-hmm. was caring too much I think what people would think yeah yeah that was really hard for me too just like oh my gosh I like have this degree and I have a master's degree and then I'm just walking away from it I'm like who does that and I was like oh I'm doing it but <laughs> you know it's like you yeah seeing people they're like oh my gosh are you still teaching I'm like oh no I I own a quilting business and they're like oh I'm like Uh don't say it like that are you crazy like it's hard but it's the best thing that's ever happened like yeah just and I think I even was talking about it in my last episode just how sometimes I get in my own head still and I'm like that's not businessy enough it's not like professional sounding enough and I'm But I think that's just, yeah, that societal pressure to seem like you're achieving all the time and like, but I am achieving, I'm achieving my goals and my aspirations and that's all that should matter, but it's really hard to quiet down those voices too. Like the external judgment, you're like, "Mm, go away. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Everything you just said, I would say completely spot on. And that's why I like again, I kind of joke about talking about this stuff with a therapist, but I do, like, I love my therapist, and I do think that, um, and there's a lot of, it's, if I take a step back, it kind of sounds so silly, like, I'm in such a privileged place to be able to say, oh, well, I'm worried that people are judging me because I get to sew all day. Like that sounds like kind of in my head, I sound like an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) But it is like, holy shit, I worked my butt off for so many years and worked like such long hours so that I could save money so that I could afford to do this. And Mm -hmm. now I'm still worried. (laughs) Like I Mm -hmm. I almost am not enjoying it as much as I know I could because I, I do worry about, um, other people's perceptions I know which is just so even saying it out loud sounds like so silly yeah right but it's like it's still there and I think as you know creative business owners I think it is a hill to climb because there is still so much kind of there is judgment out there and it sucks but I think the more of us that get out there and talk about it and the more we like build that camaraderie with each other and not just like you know only quilting but all creative businesses like the better chance we have of kind of fighting off that stigma of being like oh you're cute you must just be a stay-at-home mom I'm like 
no, I'm far from it. But <laughs> like, I always tell my husband, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm such a bad housewife. And he's like, well, you're not a housewife. I'm like, for a good reason. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think like I, so I think part of my kind of unique upbringing, I also like, I mean, my husband and I have been together for 20 years, but I've always kind of been like the breadwinner. And it's like, it's just like, I've, my mom, if she listens to this and she totally will, because she's my number one fan, um, will laugh at this, but like, she's the one that raised me to be like, "Mm, you're never rely on a man. You know, (laughs) so like I've always been kind of like, oh, well, even if my husband was making a ton of money, like, which he wasn't, I have to be Mm -hmm. responsible and I have to support myself and I have to like do all of these things. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it is like, this is, I feel like one of the first like risks I've really taken. And that's, that's hard, but it's also, it's like, I'm, I'm taking a risk on myself which is also really hard where everything I've always done in the past was for other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And every, you know, blood, sweat and tear and every, all of those hours and everything I did was for shareholders Mm -hmm. (laughs) or was for an editor or was for someone else. And it's, yeah, I do think that's like a big thing too, that I've started to notice is especially with a lot of women and in this industry, it's like, even when you're starting your own business, it's hard to put yourself first Mm -hmm. and, and really focus on yourself and invest in yourself. And that's, I'm still really having that, that issue where it's always everyone else comes first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hard one. And I think just you know, societally women are expected to be doormats for everyone. And so, and, you know, even in the corporate world, you were saying it's like, oh, if I was this way as a man, they probably would be like clapping you on the back. I mean, like, oh, you're a go-getter. But as a woman, we're seen as obnoxious or we're, you know, we have too many feelings or, you know, we're hormonal or whatever. There's always excuses for why we are the way we are when, yeah, if a man had walked in and said the same exact thing, it would have been taken as like in high regard and been, you know, seriously considered and, you know, so, and it's that way in teaching too, which is crazy because there's so many more female teachers than male, but admin is mostly male, at least in my experience. And so there's still that kind of like, I'm your boss. You better do what I say, little lady. And and it's gross. <laughs> yeah. How so, long have you been out of it for? Um, I can't even remember. I stopped at the end of the t- 2021 school year. So this will, this will be my second full school year out. So that is around because I left my job in August of 21. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're right in the same boat. <laughs> I feel like it should be, like, I feel like it should be easier, but it's, yeah. but that's not, yeah. And then again, like I was working for one company for 15 years, which even, I think that is so rare these days, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, no, it, it's tough, but 
then I also kind of I go as I've gotten more and more involved in the quilting world I also though everybody's I found for the most part been super nice and accepting and, and great but I also don't know that I really fit in there either yeah and I have found and again so I just want to kind of like most women do I'm going to caveat everything I'm going to say and apologize <laughs> for it first before I say it but like I have very super strong opinions I'm very passionate but I'm passionate about what I do like nothing I say is a judgment on other people and like that's even some of the stuff I post about really when I when I stop the most is like I don't want people to think that I'm judging the way that they do things because Mm -hmm. first off I think anybody who quilts who creates with their hands who's doing this art form is amazing like that's my and again one reason for leaving the corporate world is my goal is to in some way shape or form get more people into the arts like Mm -hmm. textile arts and try to help kind of educate people about why they probably don't want to buy something that only costs ten dollars because I know exactly why it costs ten dollars right yeah it's and I know for a reason <laughs> yeah and I've been in the factories and I've seen that and I saw again the best case again I saw factories where people were treated really well but like mm-hmm. one of the things that will stick with me for sure was 12 13 years ago now when I went to Bangladesh mm-hmm. with my work and and just kind of being in this environment where the factory owners like you'd go to the factories and the factory owners would be in these giant almost like palatial estates and then but on the way there you'd be driving in these SUVs with tinted windows and you'd be driving past like a box where someone lived and like the people that worked there would share there would be like eight people that shared a one bedroom apartment and that was like actually great for them that that, that I just like the way that and it, it's not that that exists because of the apparel industry it's more that like there are yeah there are reasons why like you can buy like every pair of jeans is is touched by someone's hand like it's not all by machine like it is people are there with with you know different tools to like make the abrasion and everything Mm -hmm. and if you think about like someone's time and the fact that you can buy that for 20 bucks, I mean, it, it just tells you how much those people are getting paid and how much is happening kind of behind the scenes. And I understand that not everybody can afford to buy like a $200 pair, dollar pair of pants because it's made in the US and it's made with regenerative cotton or whatever. But like, I just think that and I'm so going on the tangent, but it's something <laughs> I'm super passionate about. It's like, yeah. I think that we've kind of, there's a little bit of lack of like conscientiousness or awareness. I think of what, of why 
certain things cost how much they do and yeah so long story short (laughs) the like wanting to be able to this idea of, of of educating people of like why they should buy from local businesses or small companies or things that are handmade and why it why yeah they could go to Target or Walmart and get something that's in the same category that costs a tenth of how much that costs but why it is that costs that way and what's the true cost yeah and and so like that that whole piece of of like why why I kind of stayed like I thought I thought quilting would be like oh I'm gonna go visit quilting and then I'll do something else and it was like oh no I've never (laughs) I moved there now I live now I live there yeah but like I'm still just trying to find like ways to or what I want to accomplish by being here and having a business is just to help more people like discover and it doesn't have to be quilting, but anything like discover the beauty and the and the value of of making things and and putting yourself into it. And whether it's like quilting as therapy or quilting as you know gift giving or what whatever it means to you, yeah, awesome if it's quilting as a business because that means you're just bringing more into the world, right? Um, but like. I think the thing that's been I'm almost using myself I think as like a uh an experiment where um what I really want to do is help small artists and that was something before I even got involved in quilting what I really wanted to do but I can't figure out how to afford it in the Bay Area is to have some type of like artist collective Mm -hmm. where there would be space where I could get like people could rent out like studios and there, or, you know, depending on people's financial situation, there would be scholarships, but yeah. where I would provide like a, a business component of it. Like I would be able to, because that really is, even though I was in product development and textiles and everything, what I was doing for the last 15 years was the business side. It was brand building and marketing and like consumer yeah. insights and all that stuff that I think a lot of artists like you're not trained to know mm-hmm. and like that's like I would love to be able to help um help help people kind of bring bring what they do to the forefront so yeah. that's always been my goal versus more of like I don't need anyone to to buy my stuff like I don't need like I have a of course, like 900 other people in the world, I'm writing quilt patterns (laughs) and I have one releasing and, but it's still like, my goal is not to like have people reproduce by pattern. It's to like inspire people to, to connect with their creativity. And the thing Uh that would make me the most happy. And I even told this to some of my testers, but I think they didn't believe me. I was like, this is the like use this as a starting off point but just do whatever you want yeah because like that's really my goal is just to connect more people Mm -hmm. um to that and I think to kind of maybe 
challenge some of what I consider like the rules of modern quilting because mm-hmm. I what I have found so interesting is there's a lot of you know people talk about the quilt police and people talk about oh well you know yeah. how people used to do stuff and it's modern but I almost find that there are just as many rules and the right and wrong way to do thing in what people consider modern quilting it's just different mm-hmm. it's just the rules are that you wait for your favorite pattern designer to release their pattern and then are you a Riley Blake person or are you do you like juicy juice it's like you have your are you do you do tulip pink yeah and then you know what's their release and again like if that's that's awesome for people but yeah. I don't but it's not the only way exactly yeah and yeah. that's kind of where like the idea of how you I don't even I've never actually made a full quilt with quilting cotton really because I I don't like quilting <laughs> cotton <But> coming from <laughs> an apparel place where I'm used to like for me it's so tactical tactile it's so Mm -hmm. like um like a lot of the fabrics I have are like cotton lawns or Mm -hmm. linen or blends where I'm really used to it being about how the fabric drapes just Mm -hmm. because that's like that's my background and even with like I love working with denim because of how denim ages and how it evolves and So like, since I mostly work from the fabric I have, I like, I, I bought some solids, but that's about it. And then I think like, I started getting really confused when I, when I hear people talk about, oh, well, we're going to make a quilt out of wovens. I'm like, but all this fabric is woven. Like that kind of like confused me for a while, but finally understanding it took me a minute to be like oh I get it so quilting cotton kind of exists because of these rules of quilting where you want to get these perfect perfect you know points Mm -hmm. and that's easier to do if you have like slightly denser stiffer like like tightly woven fabric and again it's like I think I think all those quilts are beautiful but I also think that you can, you can thrift fabric and you can do things that, and, and get amazing, beautiful results that are just maybe a little bit different. Yeah. And so that's kind of also what I, I, I am focused on or like kind of passionate about is just, again, it's not about judging people for liking tulip pink I mean awesome like her stuff's amazing and I so respect her for like what she's done Mm -hmm. it's more just like if you don't necessarily just want to do that you can still have this amazing experience and yeah yes there's definitely people out there like Zach Foster and stuff who are do who are like so fully doing these things but also sometimes there's like a lot of different extremes mm-hmm. and it's like for someone kind of coming into it I think it can be a little bit overwhelming maybe yeah yeah for sure because you feel like you have to keep up on all the trends and you have to oh now this release okay I need to make that and I need to get that fabric and I need to do all these things and 
um, it's really, it is overwhelming. And just the amount of fabric that is just being put into the world is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, and what it, yeah. does it go, you know? And so I, like, I have so much respect for, for people who upcycle and who built with what they have and thrift stuff, you know, thrift fabrics and find different ways to incorporate things that already exist into their quilts. So there's not perpetuating, you know, the weight, the textile waste. And it's hard because I do love so many fabrics and stuff, but I'd and when it comes down to it though, it's like, that's what for, for me, it makes me so much happier to hear that someone loves fabric and wants to make, like, that's, what's important to, yeah. to me, you know, more yeah. than, oh, but, but I'm using like a mass produced fabric. It's like, okay. Right. right. But that's also why, like, I get uncomfortable, like saying, even calling myself sustainable or anything like that, because I don't, I think that can go, you're, you're almost putting like an ideal out there that's impossible to do. Like I've been trying to create some zero waste bag patterns mm -hmm. and I'm like, I can get pretty close, but I actual true zero waste, like it's really freaking hard. And yeah. I do like, think sometimes that happens too, is, is you you think like to be, to be sustainable or to be this, and I have to do all of these things or I failed. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, maybe there's like a couple little things you could do or a new right. way to approach something or a different place you could look to buy something. But right at the end of the day, it's about like, there needs to be more joy in our world. That sounded mm -hmm. so cheesy, but no, like, I, agree. I do think that one way to get there is through through art and through kind of handmade and textiles and and people being able to discover just like what's possible there yeah yeah when like part of what our business does is you know we make quilts for people so and we make so many like memory quilts or just like keepsakes that you know oh can you make a quilt out of all my baby's clothes that I saved and people send us clothing items and we create quilts out of them and lots of t-shirt quilts and all that. And so that feels like really cool of incorporating, you know, fun, newer fabrics with, you know, these clothing items to kind of bring everything together. And that's been a super fun adventure, just trying to figure out how to make the different fabrics work together. And like, can I actually make this pattern using these different, you know, types of fabrics and, you know, t-shirt cotton versus, you know, taffeta from a like little girl's dress with her pajamas and like just all these different textures and styles and weaves of fabric. You're like, okay. So that's been really fun. Cause I think when you work in different mediums, besides just quilting cotton, you have to learn a lot of different skills. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and because every each fabric is so different and you have to treat it so differently you can't just sew a jersey knit to um denim or fleece or flannel yeah. and um so that's been like a really cool eye-opening part of 
doing this as a, you know, for other people, just like, okay, I said I would make them a quilt. So I got to make this work, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And then thinking about, I mean, that's awesome. The ability to like bring together new and old. Mm -hmm. And I also, I mean, even that first quilt that I made using fabrics from my childhood, I also had fabric I'd maybe bought a year or two before. So it wasn't, but it just, all these different things representing different parts of someone's life and like that getting to be an heirloom and and something they hold on to, I think is, I mean, preaching to the choir, I'm sure, but like that's (laughs) kind of what I think is so amazing about, about quilting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's interesting talking about like knowing other fabrics and stuff because Mm -hmm. I've been like looking out to see if for other like seamstresses turned quilters because it's been so interesting. Like I'm almost having to retrain my brain because of the rules of apparel versus versus quilting and even just so sometimes I feel like I have such a leg up and Mm -hmm. I don't follow other patterns I can just see something and I just know how to make it yeah but then like I think of the first quilt I made now I know that there was half square triangles and flying geese in it I made them by literally cutting out triangles and sewing them together oh my gosh like because <laughs> yeah I didn't know what any of that was you right. know yeah and I would draw like this is still to this day like it's so strange for me to think about seam allowances as as being like what you cut to uh-huh. versus you cutting a pattern shape and then attaching that pattern to where it attaches versus this idea that you're adding a quarter inch to everything and then hoping that you are really paying attention so that you're <laughs> sewing a quarter inch in and it matches up and yeah so that's also like it's it's been so fascinating because I'm both still a still a very new and inexperienced quilter mm-hmm. and at the same time I know more about fabric and textiles and sewing than most people. So it's like, I find myself kind of in this weird place all the time, but I, I love to learn. And that's kind of what's been another just awesome thing is like, Mm -hmm. and anytime, I mean, it's almost a a problem. And what I kind of want to know, since we've both been kind of in this now, the same amount of time is I still am so excited to be in this place and to get to make something anytime mm-hmm. I see something someone else makes I'm like oh yeah. I want to make that uh-huh. I want to learn how they're doing that I want to do it and so like staying focused mm-hmm. 100% is my biggest problem because I'm just so excited to learn and do and and everything yeah that is tricky for sure and I think I don't think that ever goes away honestly I've been so I've been quilting for um about six years and then I learned how to long arm five years ago and then a year after that is when we my mom and I bought our machine and kind of started our business and so she's been kind of running it mostly you know while I was still teaching and then I just got to the point where I was like I need out of here and and I've got my business so why not give that a shot you know but um so she came from like sewing 
apparel and everything else, you know, being kind of a seamstress in that. And she's sewn since she was really little. And then I came at it, like she tried to teach me to sew when I was a kid and I just like, no, thank you. And <laughs> I just had so much anxiety around, like, I didn't want to break her machine and like, I didn't want to mess up what I was doing. And so I just couldn't, my like little anxiety brain couldn't handle it. But, um, so then when my friends forced me to learn how to make a quilt, um, and then kind of brought that in. It was like, I was coming at it from a different angle than how she had learned and what her experience was. And so even still, like she has all this knowledge, like, like you with different, different fabrics and different styles of sewing and approaching patterns so differently. And she's like, you can, she can see something and she just knows how to make it. And I'm like, what the hell are you crazy? Like, I don't understand how she does that. Like it's, and it takes a lot more work for me to, uh, to get to that point of being able to see something and understand how it was made. But so I've been learning a lot from her too, but that desire to make new stuff that like you, we see other people making, it doesn't, it hasn't gone away for me. It's like kind of gotten worse. Like the more <laughs> I build and the more confident I get in what I'm doing, the more I'm like that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's like, you say long arm and I'm like, oh, because <laughs> I, my first quilt, this is, again, I look back and I'm like, was I out of my mind? <laughs> I decided that I was going to do like free motion, mm. like quilt, the entire quilt top, not using any type of just making up my own like stencils and everything. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'd never, you don't, free motion in, in apparel like so yeah. it was completely new to me but I'm like I had read probably one blog post that's like oh that's what you do <laughs> and I was like okay great I can do this yeah but now I think I still use I've never used a long arm I really mm -hmm. want to but I use my home machine but I do more like I'll do straighter line like I I haven't yeah. been doing that as much but again it was amazing to try yeah um, but is that's like this whole world of, of things that just waiting to kind of do yeah yeah it's so fun and I just I don't know I I'm like you I want to I just want to see people like living out their passion and making what they want to make you know screw the rules like I think there's some rules that should be followed just for the sake of your own sanity but like for the most part like make it how you want to make it approach it how you want to approach it and if you find a, a pattern writer that you love and you can flow with their writing style then then do that or if you love just trying to figure out how to make stuff on your own then do that too like our lives are too short and there is too much out there for us to like stick ourselves in a box and say, I can only do things this one way, or I'm not a real quilter, or I'm not a real sewist or whatever that is. Like we have to stop gaslighting ourselves and we have to stop like, yeah, just boxing ourselves in when there are literally limitless possibilities in this existence. Like why would you stop at that when you could try something different or push yourself a little farther if that's what you want. And if you don't, if you're happy in your box, then be in your box. That's okay too. Like, yeah. I think we have yeah, to. Yeah, no. And I mean, even I still 
however far I've kind of come on this journey, I still do that. Like I still said, like, I, I don't see myself as an artist. I see myself as someone who helps other artists. Mm. I see, I know I'm really creative and I know I'm like artistic, but it's just, yeah, I think there's, there's some things that are kind of ingrained in either how we were raised or whatever that says like, no, like this is, this is how you're allowed to be or perceived and and your reality and I do but then I get so surprised anytime I see on Instagram or TikTok or whatever someone say like oh gosh I was always scared to try quilting or Mm -hmm. I like don't see myself as a quilter I'm like but you're you're doing it like just put two pieces of paper together you're doing it yeah paper fabric and (laughs) but then I think we're all it's another thing I've learned. I am I am really great at helping other people and giving advice to other people and using my knowledge. And yeah. when it comes to giving it to myself, <laughs> it is a completely different like thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I yeah. think is fairly normal. But um yeah. it has been something I've been so happy and again didn't know this community existed, but the amount of knowledge and people's kind of willingness to share mm-hmm. in the quilting community I think is so awesome yeah and just wanting to kind of either share what they're doing or share how they do things or ideas and mm-hmm. finding kind of these little different communities mm-hmm. has been just really awesome yeah and it's something that I feel is so different again I think corporate world and I'm not sure about education but there were, I had many close friends, but, and also for a woman, it was kind of like, sometimes you felt pitted against each other, or you felt like um, the way that someone would succeed would be by pushing someone else down. Yeah. And like, that also was always so like anti to how I wanted to live my life. And mm-hmm. um but I think that's where there's there's pros and cons. And and I do think something you said a minute ago about life's too short and try lots of things. I do, I am still so grateful that I went the route I went to, mm-hmm. even though I knew I always wanted to come back to somewhere creative. But I do think that there there's a lot of reason to try different paths and mm-hmm. go down them and because you're going to learn really different things. The experiences I had working for Levi's, even just like the travel I got to do and the places I got to see, I I never would have been able to do that on my own. Right. And whether I ever use, you know, whether I ever need to tell someone if like one denim is a half an ounce lighter or out of a shade band than another denim. Like I may never use that information again, ever. <laughs> I really hope I don't, but like, it was still, I think the things that you just learn about um, people and how they interact and consumers and how they buy and, mm-hmm. and everything is just invaluable. Yeah. And so I do like, I try, even though I talk about leaving corporate and being super burnt out and I want to yeah. help everybody find their passion and find their creative mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that it's all bad or that right. you shouldn't do that yeah and I would 
assume the same I'm sure like you probably learned so much in teaching and in education Mm -hmm. and that masters even if you're not I mean I'm I'm actually now using my costume design degree more than I did for so many years but I just think that there's reasons like people should never regret yeah I think the different paths they go down but when you're ready to go to a new path it's like take that leap yeah and you get to take that 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 learning and that knowledge and that experience with you like you're not you're not taking an uneducated risk you are coming from a place of experience and you're just trying something new with those experiences I'm like I have to remember that too because like yeah I may not be teaching in a classroom and I may not be you know using my educational technology degree but like the fact that I even got a college degree is a miracle the fact that I taught for so long and the fact that I got to teach in a like a stem summer camp and that's what really prompted me to actually get a stem master's degree in the first place like I could never have predicted that path for myself, but I gained so much confidence from it. And that confidence is what allowed me to take this leap into doing this quilting business and to bringing my face onto this stinking podcast and talking to the people that it inspire that crap out of me. Like the people I'm talking to and that I'm like watching and learning from keep me so motivated to keep on this path on this path right now because who knows what it's going to look like you know five or ten years down the road if I'm open to those experiences and I think you're exactly right like whatever path you're on is great just like keep going and keep choosing your passion over like fear of the unknown and Yeah, it's fear. And like, so my business brain, though, when I hear you go through that, I'm like, I mean, you are set up to like, teach about quilting. I Mm -hmm. mean, like who, that's where all these different things that people learn. I mean, if you have a science background or a math background, like, hi, there's unfortunately for me, lots of math (laughs) and quilting. I do think there's different ways to bring these kind of different things to life even if your career was very different and I think that's also a really good way to help someone who is a little bit more fearful a little bit worried about taking a risk is like how do you kind of connect what you used to be doing Mm -hmm. with with what you want to be doing and how do you kind of take maybe steps to get there Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah I have to say like you are like to start a podcast and to have your face <laughs> and and speak to people I mean that's like super brave and that's something that so many people like wouldn't wouldn't would would probably want to do but yeah. not not think or not think that they could do yeah. it yeah yeah it's been a learning curve for sure but I'm having so much fun so I'm just like well I'm gonna just keep trucking along and see what happens but you know it's and it has been really, it's been really cool, but, and I, yeah, I learned so much. And then it's like, I, I'm like you, I'm like, Oh, I want to help people get their voice out there and get their perspective on quilting or you know, the, the creative community out there, because, you know, I, I'm in that boat. I want to help people. I want, I love that in my business, I get to help people create 
what they the quilt of their dreams you know and whether it's a memory quilt or a keepsake or it's a wedding gift or whatever helping them do something that they maybe don't have the ability to do for themselves and and it just feels really special like to think people all across this country have our quilts and like even in Canada you know <laughs> it's like that's so crazy but I don't know it's yeah. really fun but I I do I do admire that like you were able to just take that take that risk on yourself and and bet on yourself and and lean back into your the creative side of your passion and um I just think yeah speaking out more about it is really important to inspire more people and make it more okay and like you're you're okay you're gonna be okay like <laughs> I'm okay you're okay everybody's okay <laughs> yeah I'm I tell my anxiety that all yeah. the time <laughs> me too <laughs> right a, there with you <laughs> it's a daily like looking yeah. in the mirror we're okay everything's great <laughs> This is gonna be a great day. Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. I'm but, surprised. Oh, sorry, can we go back just yeah. like because you know, you mentioned growing up in that commune, and I'm mm -hmm. surprised that there wasn't more quilting. Like, I guess how was that? What's so this is this is kind of the cool thing is that there I don't think there was quilting, but there was like weaving like I mean okay. we're we're like going back we're going before the quilting parts to actually like I remember using oh my god like a spinning wheel yeah as a little kid like because there was sheep there and goats and like I think my mom was I don't think was as involved in that but I remember kind of talking to people who were saying that yeah they they were the ones that would like actually spin wool and like there was a lot of people really in and dye wool and all these things that are like super cool this is the problem though is I left there when I was 11 okay and it was the early 90s and let's just say that it was in the early 90s mm -hmm. there was not a natural makers movement going on where any of this stuff was cool at all in fact it was like I went like we moved to um a town kind of near where we were but that was a lot um like a normal town I went into like normal school and I was just so embarrassed of oh. like now it's the coolest thing in the world and mm -hmm. like but I was also a vegetarian I'd never eaten meat my entire life it's like how I was raised and wow. my name I mean never met any like Radha is a Hindu name and like mm -hmm. of course no one could pronounce it and now like all the kids have crazy names but like not back then yeah so I think like I anything that kind of had to do with that past mm -hmm. I also like kind of didn't want to have anything to do with sure because it was so it was just weird it was not cool yeah and it's like now or and even you know later like after college when I started to be like oh actually the fact that like there was giant bread ovens and they baked fresh like sourdough bread every day and like everything that like hipsters in Brooklyn do um <laughs> right. it was kind of like <laughs> like but really 
like yeah. that was my childhood so cool but I was yeah. just like oh my god I don't yeah. this is like so embarrassing like as yeah. most kids do sure sure so there could have been like quilting or other there definitely was making your own clothes like and yeah. you know and that was like a lot of a lot of that type of thing and again mm-hmm. a lot of sewing and um mm-hmm. weaving and and yarn and stuff um but yeah it is it's every time I talk about it it's so strange because I feel like that's where I came from like I look at pictures of myself when I'm like really little and I'm wearing some clothes that my mom made and like I'm like such a like little hippie child and I went like as far away as I could to well actually moved to London for a little bit which was as far away as I could get (laughs) but um which is where I found Liberty London so that's Mm -hmm. kind of like these fabrics Mm -hmm. through my life like even though I don't Liberty is not as much my style anymore it's still a fabric but I just have such a I made my wedding dress out of it like I have such a like emotional connection to I just I love fabric there yeah but um you know, I went to this super corporate world, like to get as far away from that. And now it's like, I'm, I'm back in a place where I kind of wish I lived on a farm. (laughs) And I wish that I had some sheep and I knew how to like make my own yarn. Like shit, (laughs) I definitely tried to bake all my own sourdough bread and that kind of went okay (laughs) during (laughs) pandemic. Yeah. So yeah, it is, I think so you were saying and I had actually listened to your I listened to that first episode I think that you were talking about how you started and I mm-hmm. do think it's interesting where like half the people their parents taught them how to sew when they were little little or quilt yeah and the other half were like oh I want nothing to do with that yeah because <laughs> my parents are doing that and then yeah. you find out like 20 years later oh wait that's actually kind of cool yeah, like oh huh <laughs> yeah yeah and that's like I think it's just a funny thing because yeah you either embrace it or you run from it and then eventually embrace embrace it but that's that's so it's just like I love hearing about people's backgrounds and like where they came from because I just think it's so interesting like everything you experience and just how it ends up shaping you and that's and like growing up on I'm like a commune that's fun like I was you know I was homeschooled and so I kind of lived a little bit grew up a little differently too and you know definitely had a my mom stayed home with us and so you know we had a lot of homemade stuff as well and because she was always sewing like she'd make our clothing too for a little while and and would just but she'd like make us fun stuff too like I always had dress up clothes and doll clothes and but I like it's just I was always reliant on her to make those things for me, but I could never get myself to like do that. I did crochet for a long time and that was something that I was able to be okay with, but I don't know, for some reason, sewing took me a long time to get to, but yeah, it was, it's just kind of funny how, how those things go. Cause it's like, it's always been there, but <laughs> yeah. And, but like, again, I say like, I, I took such a weird circular route mm-hmm. but and even though there were times like 
when I was at my most burnt out, like really even two years before I left my job, like, Mm -hmm. and I was very unhappy. Like, I still don't regret like the, the road that that took because I know that I was able to learn from it. And I do think that that's so important, especially those of us that are like, a little more like emotional and passionate and like yeah. want to find meaning and everything is like yeah. do you think it's important to realize that you might have taken a really strange path somewhere but you are where you are mm-hmm. and it's not too late to start anything yeah exactly and it's not wrong either I think it's like oh I made the wrong choice it's like mm. You made a choice. It doesn't mean it was right or wrong. It just was a choice. And like, what can you learn from that? And, and then you take it and move on and, or you stay in it if that's the choice that feels right for you. But I think, yeah, there's just so many different ways to get into it. And yeah, it's never too late. You can start right now. And, and I always say, I'm a huge proponent of people starting where they're at and like I'm, I'm in support of whatever stage you're at, whatever, however people want to get into it. Like I'm always open to, you know, answering questions or being a support system for people as they're learning or whatever, but and like, cause I don't have all the answers either, but I just know it worked for me and, and I'm a good cheerleader and you know, mm-hmm. I'll talk you off a ledge if you're not sure what's going on with your quilt, but it's like, yeah, I, I really want, I want more people involved and I want, I want to see more people making things in the way that makes sense to them and for their life and experience and makes the most sense for, for how they want their experience to be. Cause I think that's the coolest part about it too, is that we all get to architect our own experience. And so the more, the more choices you realize that you do have, the more free you become. And the, like, to me, that's real freedom is when you can realize just how many options there are for you out there absolutely and I think that's kind of my like my the reason why I've started to push more and I'm going to be talking more and sharing more about like alternatives not because I don't think that currently stuff is good it's just like there are so many other options and what makes something great is I believe what makes a country great is different perspectives and people from different places and different ideas and different backgrounds and Mm -hmm. the minute that we're all doing things the same ways the minute that it's boring and no one's getting challenged and Mm -hmm. I I love a good challenge I love another thing that as a woman or in general in corporate, you're not supposed to do is challenge everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like, if, yeah, if I love to debate, I love to change my mind because it Mm -hmm. means that I've learned something new Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where, and I do think that exists in the quilting world, but I do, when you teach someone how to do something, it's like, you can teach them how to get a certain result that they want, but you're not saying that that's the only way or the right way to do it. You're just showing them how to get a certain result, which is great. But it's like showing people that there are so many different ways Mm -hmm. that they can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is just how I do it, but 
there's so, yeah, you can do it in so many different ways. And it's like, even just all, you know, sewing side by side with my mom, like we just do things just slightly differently. And it's like, I can tell when she's done something or when I've done something and not because it's just so different, but just because I know her style and it's like, it's just, it's just like, not even silly per se, but just like, so incredible that we can just be sewing right next to each other and be giving each other input and be working on, you know, similar projects and still get something that still has our own unique stamp on it. So, yeah. And that's why I love mistakes. And that's why like, I'm so, I'm someone who like, I don't like a perfect, whatever that means, quilt, because to me, those little moments, and there's, my stepmom has the most beautiful, it's this giant white and blue vintage quilt on a wall in Mm. her and my dad's house, and I don't know how old it is, but it's, I don't remember if she got it from someone in her family, but it's all completely hand done. It's beautiful. It's like scalloped edges. It's just oh blue gosh. and white, which blue and white is like my kryptonite. Like if I see anything blue and white, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's for me. It just, it just is. Um, but the most amazing parts of it are where like things don't line up mm-hmm. or where you can see that like they had to like go back and restitch something or change something. Mm-hmm. It just is like so human. Right. Yeah. And again, that's, I think, my from going to from this world where every your part of your job is making sure that every single unit of this one product looks exactly the same because that's what you're delivering and right that idea of mass production Mm -hmm. to this world where like the point is for it to look human the point Mm -hmm. is for it to look unique and I just find so much joy in that yeah I agree. And I think too, I tell, because I do, I am kind of teaching, like I do teach some long arming classes at the local quilt shop and, um, you know, when I'm teaching them how to do the paper pantographs, they're like, Oh, it's so wobbly. I'm like, yeah. And that's you. Like, that's not the printed design that you're following. That's you. That's, that's like your handwriting. And so any little mistake, any little wobble, like the humanness of who you are is now in that quilt. And that is beautiful. Like I talk about so much because I'm, I'm with you. Like, I want to see the humanness of it. Like it isn't a mass produced factory made thing. You made it with your hands and like, stop seeking perfection because you're never going to find it. And you're just going to hate yourself for it. And that is not what this is about. Yes. Yes. And we all have been there as well and mm-hmm. understand that also. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. And I like, I think with your work, just seeing like, it's all so creative looking and nothing looks exactly the same. And I freaking love it. I'm just like mesmerized. I'm like scrolling through all your pictures and I just think it's so fun. I appreciate you saying that. I'm laughing because it's like, this is where my business brain goes. Um, so these are the things you need to do to have a successful business, mm-hmm. which are have a distinct look, you know, do all these. Yeah. And my creative brain is like, I listened to you for 15 years. You go away. 
yeah. I'm just gonna literally like vomit ideas out of my head right yeah. now. And yeah. that's like I yeah. Oh it's almost a problem where I'm like, hold on. Again, yeah. it's been a year and a half. Can you calm down for just a second? No. Stop randomly in the middle of the night deciding that you have to like make this certain crazy thing and then like you can't you don't eat lunch or dinner because you're like having to get it out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that's, that's the freedom side of, of owning your own business and running, being an entrepreneur, running things yourself is you're not beholden to anybody else's expectations of you, just your own. And it's like, it can be so crippling, but it also can be so freeing at the same time. It just depends yeah. on the day. But I just, yeah, I think too, it like encourages other people. Like you're saying, you want to help, you want to help other makers. And I think it does help seeing, seeing that you've done it and you've put yourself out there, I think gives other people can give other people the courage and the strength to try it themselves. And, well, I have been wanting to make that one thing and it felt kind of weird, but I'm going to just go for it. And, you know, you never know what comes from that, but I think, yeah, the more, the more people put their own stuff out there, that's not just the same cookie cutter quilt that everybody else is making. And although I do love seeing like tester parades of new patterns because I think it's so fun to see (laughs) quilts the quilt patterns in different colorways and you know just other people's perspectives on them and it's always so inspiring but I'm so I think okay something you just said really resonated and that was the when you're kind of your own boss Mm -hmm. it can it's very freeing and I don't know if other people I think what I'm realizing is it's almost been over like the freedom. I still have to figure out how to have that freedom Yeah, because I was so, my life was so structured Yeah, for so many years. And I, I mean, all I did was work and everything was my work calendar was my like it it was my reality it was my life and leaving that like I've always thought I was a very organized and you know on top of things person but having that moment of going from and again I think it's part of like I owed I owed I worked for and and owed myself to someone else and I was responsible for delivering to someone else and I am good at that if it's I'm going to do something for someone else it is going to be perfect and Mm -hmm. it's going to be on time and then this transition and I get talked about this a little bit before but the transition to kind of owing yourself Mm -hmm. and being responsible to yourself is like it's amazing but it is crippling yeah it's this kind of but wait I can do whatever I want Mm -hmm. even the the writing out a calendar for myself was one of the hardest things yeah I've had to do and like that's why I'm part of um like a accountability group whatever like on the business side is because I'm like all these things I thought I was really good at, or I was good at doing for other people. Yeah. I, I can't do them for myself. 
and like learning how to exercise that muscle or understand that you're allowed to kind of like you're just as important and yes and you're you need to put kind of that same type of um energy and diligence and everything mm-hmm. into something for yourself I think mm-hmm. it's still just so uncomfortable it really for is. me oh yeah me too I and I think that's you know that's kind of where I struggle the most is like, no, I get to, I get to be my own boss and that's really freeing. But the crippling part is that I have to make all the decisions and I have to, not all the decisions. Cause I obviously share that with my mom, but I think we're both just kind of like, uh, I like, we'll just kind of wing it, I guess. And yeah, coming from that super structured environment of like having to have lesson plans for every single day and everything prepped and everything ready to go. And, you know, being beholden to my uh, the parents and my admin and all these things and my other, you know, my, my teaching partners and all that stuff. But then to go from that into an environment where I'm at my parents' house every day and we're sewing and we're the bosses, it's kind of like, oh shoot, like, how do I do this? <laughs> and yeah, I think into a schedule for myself is like way harder than I thought it was going to be, but absolutely. And then do you do you do the thing where I now just can't stop working? So yeah. I I am like, I am not allowed to have a day off in the evening. I like, I now work 24 hours a day. So probably not the best idea if you have like boundary issues. Yeah, that was. A, <laughs> and a you knew that in the corporate world yeah. to then start your own business because there really are no boundaries. But yeah. that's something I'm trying to figure out is like, I don't want to get burnt out in this space right because this is this amazing happy joyful I love what I'm doing mm-hmm. but I can almost see that happening yeah because I just it's like I don't I don't quite know how to exist as me yeah yes I was in gonna this say, new way yeah I was gonna ask you how how that was because I think for me in you know again my experience like I my personality was teacher. And so I think I was trying to find a way to make quilter my personality. And I was, yeah, just kind of feeling that pressure to like be there all the time and be there from like, you know, eight to five or whatever, nine to six and not taking really any breaks. And, but then at the same time, I'd be like, oh, I can do whatever I want, but then I'd feel so guilty. And just, I had to really, and I'm still working on it because good grief is it hard, but (laughs) I have to learn who the heck I even am. And, you know, I think when you are in a, in that more strict corporate kind of environment, you, you are your job. And when you're outside of it and you're kind of breaking the mold a little bit as an entrepreneur, or you're trying to kind of, you know, even though I hate late stage capitalism, I'm also like going to learn how to make it work for me and because it's happening in my existence and I have to live. But so it's like, you're almost going against the grain a little, but then you also have to really know who you are to make that work. And Jesus Christ, it is so hard. (laughs) I'm just like, who, who am I? (laughs) I I think I have I think I may have actually said those words again <laughs> to my therapist very mm-hmm. recently because 
I used to be, yes, I would work all the time in that job, but I still had a different, I was, there was work RADA and then there was outside RADA and work RADA was very outspoken and very confident and very, like, you'd probably think I was an extrovert, was not at all, Mm -hmm. um, very opinionated and challenging and, and still like, I still like thought about people's opinions and, and, and being empathetic and all these things that I was, I was there too, but sure. Outside of work, I was just a lot quieter and more reserved and more private. And, Mm -hmm. and now, and especially like, I've never in my life had a public social media account until over the summer. I was never on TikTok. Like I had Instagram, but you know, just for my friends. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like a pride point of how few friends I had on Facebook <laughs> or like, Instagram. I have 12. <laughs> yeah. And I would make this rule that like, if I work with someone, I couldn't be like friends with them on social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been the weirdest thing because people that I know now known for many years when they like see me on maybe Instagram, they're mm-hmm. like, you're they're like surprised mm-hmm. because that's not, I think that's almost more like work me mm-hmm. coming out and it's the same person and it's still a hundred percent authentically me. Right. But I'm always thinking about like, who, who am I Yeah. and how honest and open, you know, am, should I be? And like, where is that, that boundary? Mm-hmm. Um, And I just, I haven't figured that out yet at all. Yeah. That's hard. Really hard. I'm like, I struggle with it too. Cause I'm like, how, how much do I share and how much do people actually want to hear? And, and it's a balance on here too. Like, am I talking too much? Am I not talking enough? Like, am I asking good questions? Do people even care about what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, it's like, it's just, it's all finding that, that I think, I think social media in and of itself is, I mean, I think it's a hot topic for a lot of people, but I think we have not discovered the full potential of how amazing it can be because we're dumb humans and our brains are tiny sometimes. And we don't give ourselves enough time to really understand the impact of something before we fully implement it in our lives and make it like this hot new thing. And so I think there's still a lot more evolution to come with social media, but I also think it's such a powerful thing. It's a huge connection point for so many people and for learning so many things. And, but yeah, it's like, who am I in this space and, and what do I bring to the, to the platform that is beneficial for people and not just every, look how my new dress is. I don't know. probably every three to four days I have an existential crisis about like (laughs) I just spent an hour making a video that I'm gonna post on TikTok or Instagram to some weird words that someone recorded Mm -hmm. and like what the and is someone actually gonna want to watch this Mm -hmm. and it's just it is completely bonkers but yeah on the flip side this is where, cause, and I'm a very, like, I like to look at the big picture. I like to look at all sides of things. Um, what social media has done for artists. And mm-hmm. I will say all, you know, there's plenty of 
talking about how, you know, you're kind of selling your soul or you're having to make <laughs> stupid videos about your art or whatever. But when I, like when I graduated college, there wasn't like, this wasn't an option to be able to show your creations online and potentially make a business out of it or meet other people. Like it just, it didn't exist. And so right. that's what I do think that um, like what these social media platforms, the opportunity that they've put out there, yeah. if you can figure out the way to do it, that's authentic to you mm-hmm. is huge and gives people who are artists or creatives a way, a way to reach people and, and connect with people. That is just amazing. Yeah. And then on the flip side, it's, you know, all the things that people talk about and being addicted to it. And like, yeah, I have seen it be a bit of like an echo chamber when Mm -hmm. someone wants to like get an idea in their head and then they kind of get there. And of course their followers are going to agree with them. And then I think, right people talk about having conversations about important things on social media. And that's what I don't think you can do. I think you can show pretty things and you can inspire people and you can find people. But I do believe to actually have like meaningful conversations and yeah, that's not the place to do it. Yeah. 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 And I think because you're, it's not necessarily real time, you can present an idea but then it's like, you just have to wait. And if you're looking for meaningful interaction and meaningful discourse, it's kind of like, yeah, that texting or typing back and forth. And it's like, you miss all the body language, you miss the nuance, you miss the nonverbal cues. And I think that is a place where it is lacking still. And so as powerful as it can be, I still think, yeah, there's still so much more we need to learn. But I think, yeah, I agree with you as far as makers go, like, now we have this really cool way to get our makes out there and to show people what we're doing and how we're doing it. And that it's not just a simple little thing. And when you're commissioning a custom piece of work from somebody, it's not going to, it's not the same, just like we were talking about the same as going to target and picking it up off the shelf where it was created in a, like a sweatshop or some factory where people get paid 50 cents a day to make these things in mass. So you're going to have the same thing that, you know, thousands of other people are going to have. And I'm guilty. I'm wearing a target sweater right now, but (laughs) you know, no, for sure. And like, I, I will talk, you know, mad shit about Amazon all day long, but you can bet that like when like my Kleenex runs out, I'm probably going to order some from there. And that is why, like I've I caveat a lot of things I say, or I've said a lot on here about not wanting to, to be too extreme about anything because I see my own flaws and I know that I'm just a human. Right. And And that's where like world too. Yeah. And there, that is also where I think it can get crippling to all, to try to be so far in one direction where Mm -hmm. we're like, well, what's the point? Yeah. But like, I've been thinking a lot and actually just decided, and this is going to sound more extreme than it is, but I decided for the next six months, I'm not going to buy any new fabric. Yeah. And, but it, it's actually, that's pretty easy for me to do because I have, I have so much. And mm-hmm. also 
in the Bay Area, there are some of the most amazing resources for buying fabric secondhand. Yeah. There's like a couple different, there's a giant design um, industry district here. And there's one place south of the city that like basically gets, and all these are nonprofits, but gets all of kind of the cast offs or samples or everything of fabric. And there's a place in San Francisco that I had to stop myself going to because I buy too much stuff there, which is like a creative reuse um, nonprofit. They do arts education. Um, They're amazing. And like, have fabric and so it's like it's really easy like if I need something for me to find it secondhand and this isn't me going to the goodwill and getting a shirt and cutting it apart this is actually like fabric yeah so like that's where like I keep not and not that you have to like announce things on social media but I I want to like share with people that I'm doing it but I also don't want it to sound like judgmental or preachy or like right people are bad if they're not doing stuff like that it's just it's an option that I have sure and it's something that I want to do because I can yeah and you know there's these little steps yeah well I think too like and I don't I literally cannot remember where I even heard it or whatever but it was just the idea that like we can't all do everything but if we all do a little something then it has a huge that can have a way bigger impact than just like a handful of people, you know, being sustainable, being zero waste, doing all these things. It's like, that's great. But like, not everybody can live that way, especially in the society we have. So if we're all at least contributing in some way, as much as we can, then like, that's the, that's going to be the sweet spot. Right. So I think that's totally doable and you don't have to commit to one way or the other. And I think that authenticity of coming to your platform exactly as you are and just saying like, yeah, I mixed new and old or new and secondhand or whatever, I think can also inspire people to be like, I could do that. You know, maybe they have been considering that, or they just didn't necessarily know that there were resources out there for for sourcing that kind of fabric that you don't yeah. have to go to the quilt shop and buy it brand new. Although I'm a huge proponent for shopping local and shopping me too. So that's where <laughs> I have, there's some local quilt shops around here. There's one yeah. in East Bay called Bay Quilts, yeah. but it's amazing. Owned by a mother daughter. Like I want to support them also. Yeah. So it is, it's, there's a lot of different, different yeah. kind of sides to it. Yeah. And I think and I think the more authentically we can show up on these platforms we have that we're so lucky to have, the easier it is to find to find your people, right? The people who want to support what you're doing and who you inspire and who can inspire you. And the easier it is to build these little these little communities within the community of quilting and, and sewing and making and and yeah, I just like just owning, yeah, owning your authentic self and, and presenting that. And there's going to be so many people that are on board with that. You know, it's like, you can't be everything to everybody and you can't do all the things all the time. So it's like, and I, I'm saying this more as a reminder to myself too, (laughs) you know, not preaching at you. I'm like, Oh wait, I'm talking to myself right now, but just that like, yeah, the more authentically you can show up, you're not going to be for everybody, but that's okay because you can't be for everybody and take care of yourself at the same time. So 
Yes, you you are correct. And I would say 75% of the things that I say to other people, I'm talking to myself. Yeah, I'm like, right. Anyway, no, <laughs> no. Well, oh, this has been so great. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and I'm so glad like we're getting to know each other because I'm feeling yeah. very inspired. So this is so good. And you, so you said you have a new pattern that's coming out end of March or okay. mid, middle end of March. It's testing right now. Okay. Um, and we'll see if like, I'm trying to find a way to do patterns that feels authentic to me. Yeah. And so I haven't quite figured out what that is. I think part of the way I'm doing it is it's, I mean, I haven't really shared it yet, but it's, um, it's a little bit of a it's just, it's just kind of different and I yeah. can't even really explain, but something else I'm going to do. And I actually here, I'll show you. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Um, I want to, because apparel has always been like such a big part of my life. I want to do anytime I do like a quilt pattern or something. I want to somehow tie it to, um, something that's like a wearable because mm -hmm. I do also think like I mean, what's better than getting to wear your quilts? Right. <laughs> like, I use them. So I'm doing like um so oh. this is the quilt pattern. Oh my god. I made a super duper mini version that's like a little separate pattern for a jacket. So I'm oh. like experimenting with that idea of like having everything kind of have friends. Yeah. Of <gasps> like you can make this as a full size, but then because I like creating a lot of different work for myself because it's totally scaled down and I had to write like a completely separate pattern for it. <laughs> I'm crazy. But um, doing like, yeah, having that idea of quilting meets like wearing type yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's so exciting. I love that. That is so cute. I, ugh. yeah, I have a denim jacket that I have set aside because I'm going to make a quilt block to put on the back. So that just like spoke to my soul. I'm so then I'm like, okay, I have to do it now because this is a sign. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. Well, that's so cool. Okay. So we'll look for your new pattern. And is there any other projects that you have coming up that we should be oh my God. getting our eyeballs open for? Uh, who knows? Um, <laughs> I am like, I'm, I'm also working on some bag patterns but again I really I had this idea to do a zero waste pattern which is kind of happening but um we'll see but not like pouch like wearable bags um and then I do want to I had reached out there's someone named the sustainable quilter and uh -huh. she actually has um a blog as well and I recently um reached out to her because I do want to find ways that again I can kind of because I have this background in textiles and know a lot about that part of the industry and where it's going like mm -hmm. I want to find ways that I can kind of help move that conversation forward or get that conversation out more and because it does honestly I was a little bit surprised when I joined the quilting world about how how few like conversations are or all of kind of the big fabric companies and stuff I think I was expecting to see more kind of sustainable fibers and different stuff like that and it does yeah. feel like quilting is just the industry is a little bit more behind so I don't know what that looks like but that's kind of just something yeah. that 
I personally want to just figure out how I can kind of contribute to. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I follow the sustainable quilter. So that's really cool. I, yeah, I love just seeing that concept and yeah, watching people collaborate and work together to improve this industry. Just like it warms my heart because I, I love it so much and I, I want to see it continue into the future. And if that means we have to kind of take a step back and take a bigger overview, yeah. look at things and like, let's do it, you know, let's not just keep our nose down and, and keep plowing through. Well, this is the way things have always been. So we have to keep it that way. It's like, that's not how things grow and stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so exciting. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rada. I really of course. loved our conversation and I'm really looking forward to seeing your new quilt pattern come out and yeah, it's been great. Awesome. It was really nice to meet you and talk about all these things that I'm passionate about. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we'll chat again soon. For sure. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.